thanks to you, it will be dark for you to me. I'm the only one. I'm Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to an emergency Pewter Report podcast. That's right, we're going live right now at 10 a.m. because of the breaking news that Tom Brady has officially announced his retirement from the NFL. It's the second year in a row he has done this, but he said he has retired for good this time. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is Scott Reynolds, and we're just going to get right into it. We are live from Mobile, Alabama, in the Mobile Convention Center, here for the Senior Bowl. But when the greatest of all time retires, that's the news that we got to get to. So we are going live. All right, Matt, this is some some big news, obviously, when you look at at the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, where do they where do they go from here? Right. Um, you know, Tom Brady won this team a Super Bowl, went 13 and four the next year in 2021. This year was not the season everybody expected. So why did Tom Brady retire? Well, I, I think and this is some speculation on my part but the the fact is and what we've been reporting in Peter report is that brady would either be back in tampa or he was going to retire that's why i came out so strongly saying i think he's going to be back to tampa i don't think he's going to go anywhere else and uh we've, we've also seen some national reports confirm that but that's something that we've known for a long time and part of the reason why is is because of the relationship with jason light with todd bulls the head coach with the owner, Joel Lazier, he told the team midseason that he was not going to play anywhere else. He wasn't going to commit to playing for the Buccaneers in 2024. He wanted or 2023. He wanted to see how the rest of the season finished out. But he, he did tell the team he was not interested in playing elsewhere. And that's why we kind of came out pretty definitively about the fact that Brady was likely to return if he was going to play one more season. I think what happened, Matt, and we saw this from Tom Brady over the last couple of days, posting a lot of pictures uh, with his kids, uh, a lot of of um, pictures just, just with, with good, you know, family, family time, family yeah. moments, and you know, Tom Brady even last year when he announced his retirement or was even contemplating it in the first place, it always came down to family. It always came down to hey, my kids are growing up. I don't want to miss their sporting events and their recitals and and all the different uh, extracurricular activities that they all get into. So obviously it was not an easy decision, whether it was last year or this year. And another thing, Tom Brady doesn't really like change. You know, like why would he go all the way to Las Vegas or somewhere on the West Coast when his family is all on the East Coast. You know, he had to leave New England out of necessity. You know, the, they weren't going to give him the contract that he wanted. He came to Tampa and established great things in Tampa, Florida. Smashed records left and right from single season touchdowns to passing yards and <laughs> passing attempts, both NFL records and Bucks franchise records. But the name of the game is he didn't want to change. He didn't want to have to start over again. Uh, so what does this mean for the Bucks cap situation moving forward? We're going to have an abbreviated podcast today. We're going to have our normal podcast at 7 o'clock tonight where we'll dig more into Tom Brady. We'll have some more stories this afternoon about that, uh, as well as some Senior Bowl coverage from practice today. Uh, but we'll have Josh Capel on in a few minutes to, to break down exactly what this means 
for the Buccaneers cap situation moving forward. He has a story on pewterreport.com. I'll put that in, in the, the stream here so you can read it right now if you want. But we'll have Josh on in just a few moments to uh, to address that and, and give the exact breakdowns, what it means for the Buccaneers from a cap situation moving forward. We do have a super chat. Let's get to that. Appreciate the super chats. Appreciate everybody watching early this morning. Yes. Scott Reynolds used to go on a victory lap. He was right on everything. Uh, I wouldn't say Scott Reynolds. I would say Pewter Report was right on just about everything. Uh, hope we can still get Munkin. Will the Bucks sell a Brady Creamsicle jersey? <laughs> um, well, you know, listen, we, we appreciate you, Pewter people, coming to Pewter Report, listening to the Pewter Report podcast. We pride ourselves. We just kind of talked about this kind of internally here before going on. We have been right about a lot of things, and that's that's something from a credibility standpoint that we've really tried to uh, to make a staple, uh, a, a pillar of our coverage for your favorite team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, we would rather be correct first um, on some stories, but when it comes down to it, we, we'd rather be last and right than first and wrong. Uh, now, we want to be first and right, too, and we've certainly done that with the Byron Lefwich story, the firing there. Uh, are their assistants going to get fired? The fact that Brady was either going to retire or play in Tampa Bay. Uh, we've certainly had some some of those stories come to fruition. And, um, you know, it, it's interesting, Matt, because you know, what, what does this mean for the Buccaneers pursuing Todd Munkin, right? Or, or maybe, uh, you know, a player or, or I should say a coach like, like Shea Tierney, who interviewed yesterday with the Buccaneers along with Ronald Curry, which was a story we broke last night, in addition to Monk, and maybe he can lure Daniel Jones. <laughs> the Buccaneers need a quarterback now. Exactly. This was the domino effect that we talked about, where who's going to break first? Would it be Brady either returning or now retiring, as we learned this morning? Or would it be an offensive coordinator, and then they work to find the quarterback after I'm very curious to see if someone like Munkin or Tierney or, or, or the other candidates that we've talked about and wrote about, if any of them, if this dissuades their opinion slash uh, willingness to come to Tampa Bay, knowing that they will not be working with Tom Brady, or does that influence coordinators that have already interviewed or maybe someone else saying, hey, I can bring in this quarterback. Let me bring in my guy and we can turn this ship around very, very quickly and still compete for the NFC South and make the playoffs once again. There's a number of options on the table. The only one technically legitimately right in front for the Bucs at the moment is Kyle Trask, who is third string or was third string. He's the only quarterback on the roster at the moment. So he just went from the number three string, not participating at all in games, not even dressing on game days, to he's the opening day starter at the yeah. moment. And, and what's a little, you know, Concerning about that is he didn't light it up in the preseason, which was his second preseason in Tampa Bay. Yeah. He completed, what, 33% of his passes in week 18 and some mop-up duty, mm -hmm. some garbage time when the Buccaneers were losing to the Falcons in the fourth quarter. That's really his only NFL action, and it wasn't that impressive. And now you've got Kyle Trask, Matt, who has got to learn his second system in the span of three years – and from some accounts, you know, he's a slow learner. Uh, doesn't mean that he he can't grasp the system, but that was kind of the case at Florida. Mm -hmm. It took him a while to beat out Felipe Franks. 
And, uh, you know, he certainly didn't beat out Blaine Gabbert in the preseason for the number two job. So uh, even though Trask is under contract for two more years, I don't think this team should necessarily make him the automatic backup. I think that they have to go out and get two more quarterbacks for sure, right? They've got to fill out this depth chart. But you have to get a veteran starter, whether it's in free agency or whether it's a trade. Blank you know, Abbott returning. Yeah, I, I don't know that Blank Abbott's going to return because I, I don't think he's Todd Bowles' type of quarterback. I think I think Bowles likes Blaine, the guy, the person yeah, uh, behind the, the scenes, the hero, but not necessarily under center on the gridiron in a game. Uh, so w- w- what does this mean? Well, we've seen a lot of teams trade for quarterbacks. We saw that with, with Denver trading for Russell Wilson. We saw that with Matt Ryan getting traded from Atlanta to Indianapolis. And obviously the bigger names are going to be Aaron Rodgers. Obviously uh, there's some turmoil over in Green Bay, some indecisions of whether to go with Jordan Love or keep holding on to, to Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers has that big contract, but he also has a no trade clause. So believe it or not, he can really end up going to any team. And that was part of the reason he gave up his no trade clause that he could get more money. Now the Bucks are already in a difficult financial situation, but that could be one of the options, of course, that they uh, go into. But with Rodgers, the Bucks aren't going to be the only team that is going to pursue him. Uh, another candidate that um, is going to be available this year is Derek Carr from the Raiders, who at the end of the year didn't work out. They ended up benching him and wasn't even going to the facility because he didn't want to be a distraction. But in terms of veteran free agents, he's got a big contract as well, but the anticipation is that the Raiders will uh, release him if they can't find uh, a trade partner. So Carr, in terms of a, a veteran, uh, a guy that can come in and, and work with the talent that the that the Bucks already have with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you can go down the list and, and so on. I like the idea of Carr uh, in Tampa Bay. It's just a matter of would it make sense for the Bucs? Uh, would they e- either trade for him? Would they yeah. try to win the free agency frenzy? Uh, but he's definitely a good option for Tampa. Well, the thing is, is the Raiders own his rights, so they're going to want to trade him and get something for him. So that certainly makes sense. If you're the Buccaneers, do you do you give up a first-round pick, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the compensation level going to be? What's the market for that trade going to be for a, a quarterback like like Derek Carr, who you know I I, I like as a veteran, but you know he, he's he's not been terribly successful from a, a winning standpoint um, in, in in the playoffs, etc. Uh, Bucks basement. We appreciate the super chat. Want the Bucks to retire the number twelve and put Brady in the Ring of Honor? I, I think that's going to happen. I think Tom Brady will go in the Bucks Ring of Honor. Uh, the, the- yeah, w- w- without question. Just the way that he put. If people know Tampa, but he changed the landscape in Tampa. Yes, putting Tampa on the map, winning seasons, breaking records, and taking the Bucks out of obscurity. So absolutely, he's going into the Ring of Honor, and his jersey should be retired. Another super chat here from Blueberry. We appreciate that. First round quarterback. Are there even any good quarterbacks at number 19? You know, we haven't done a deep dive on the quarterback position. We're live here in Mobile, Alabama. Can't say that there's any starting caliber quarterbacks here. Maybe the best quarterback here is the one who's not playing. That's Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, who tore his ACL in the South Carolina game towards the end of the season. And the problem there, Matt, is if you're drafting him, you're pretty much getting a guy who's going to have to redshirt this year. He's yeah, likely not going to be ready for training camp, and it's just going to set him back. I, I like the skill set. I like the numbers he put up. The production was there. Heard some some good things about his character, his football IQ. We certainly performed well in Josh Heupel's offense at Tennessee. 
so that's an option, but it's not going to be an option for 2023. It would have to be a de- another developmental guy. Uh, but also, can the Buccaneers afford that? Can they afford a roster spot for a quarterback who's not going to be ready for at least halfway through the 2023 season? We'll have to see. There's also a couple other names to consider as well. You know, the Buccaneers interviewed Shea Tierney from the Giants. Uh, the Giants haven't fully committed yet to Daniel Jones. No, they have not. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where you bring in an offensive coordinator and that coordinator brings in his quarterback. We know the deal with Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, who made his debut against the Buccaneers a couple of uh, his NFL debut a couple seasons ago. Um, the Giants and Tierney were able to get the best out of Daniel Jones in his career. Now, can he continue that working with, without question, more talented receivers on offense with the Buccaneers than he ever had with the Giants. I mean, his his best offensive weapon was Saquon Barkley, the running back. So Daniel Jones, with the coach that he's familiar with in an offense that he's familiar already running, um, that's very appealing in terms of if the Bucs want to hire Tierney as their offensive coordinator. Now, there's obviously was a lot of struggles with Daniel Jones as well. So was it hey, I'm in a contract year, I'm going to ball out and, and make it a, a big scene? Or is this going to be a maturation process of Daniel Jones and the continuation of the successful year that he had um, this season? So those are, I would say, the upper echelon yeah. options for the Buccaneers. There's a there's a couple of other, again, pairing an offensive coordinator with the quarterback. Let's remember, Todd Munkin worked with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken. He did, yeah. And the interesting thing, too, is is with these offensive coordinator hires, we've seen a lot of these guys, whether it's been a Shea Tierney. Uh, Clint Kubiak has had one year worth of play calling experience running his own offense in Minnesota uh, before going to Denver and then essentially running the playbook of the Broncos uh, head coach at the time, Nathaniel Hackett, yeah. who got fired at week 15, so it didn't work out. But a lot of these guys they've inter- interviewed, whether it's the Clint Kubiaks, uh, whether it's the the Jim Bob Cooters, uh, who just have a, a couple of years worth of play calling experience yeah. as well, but these are not a bunch of experienced play callers to the nth degree, right? And we've also seen uh, uh, Dan Pitcher as well from the Bengals uh, as another young guy as a quarterbacks coach for the Bengals involved in the passing game. So a lot of the offensive coordinator candidates that Tampa Bay has has interviewed have been some of these young kind of up and coming yeah guys that really Innovative. yeah that, that, that don't that haven't really proven themselves yet and and we'll we'll have to see if, if they go that route but it's almost like the Buccaneers were, were going down the path of Tom Brady might not return mm-hmm. we might have to hit the reset button on our offense and, and everything offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach and quarterback yeah it's all very very new and it's smart of the Bucks obviously to not put all of their eggs into one basket because if he said, Hey, we're just going to bank on Tom Brady returning. Right. Well, clearly that would have been a terrible idea that he has now uh, retired. Let's talk to Josh. Well, yeah, one more point here before we bring Josh on the interesting thing too, about Todd Munkin. And I think some people might say, well, this probably disqualifies Todd Munkin from coming because the lure to go from Georgia to Tampa Bay would be, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the opportunity to coach Tom Brady. Why else would he leave Georgia? Well, a couple of things. He's won back-to-back national titles there in Georgia. 
He's the highest paid offensive coordinator in college football at $2 million. The Lasers can certainly open up the checkbook and yes, pay can. two and a half to three million. So he could get a healthy raise in Tampa that he might not be able to get that type of money at Georgia. Uh, they got to, they got to pay those players the NIL deals and all that. Um, but the, the thing with, with Munkin, he's not afraid. He's, he is not a guy uh, th- that's going to come in and look at a situation and say, Oh, I want it to be perfect. Remember, JT Daniels was supposed to be the quarterback at Georgia and Munkin had the balls to, to look at Stetson Bennett and say, you know what, this is a guy here. And I know Daniels got injured, but then, you know, Bennett came in and performed well, it would have been easy to go back to Daniels, but Munkin said, we're going to ride with Stetson Bennett and it turned into a national championship two years ago. And then Bennett came back for another year and, and obviously, you know, cleaned up there and was a Heisman trophy finalist. They went undefeated. They won another national championship. And Munkin gets a lot of credit for developing a former walk-on quarterback who's 5'11", 190 pounds. So Munkin's not afraid to coach a guy like Kyle Trask or Matt, as you mentioned, maybe reunite with Baker Mayfield, bring him to Tampa. He certainly looked a hell of a lot better playing for the Rams right off the bat yeah, than he, he did had, in Carolina. He had that epic comeback, that final drive with the Rams. They're only being there for like two or three days. And obviously, uh, you know, the Rams are in a worse situation than the Bucs uh, at the moment. Bucks are still just a quarterback away. So as the Bucs decide what they're going to do next, obviously the salary cap plays a huge factor into this. So we're going to bring on Josh Capo. So, Josh, you can better explain the financial situation that the Bucs are left with because Tom Brady has retired. You just had a story on pewterreport.com that you can check it out right now. But Josh, lay it on us. What's going on with the salary cap situation with Tom Brady now that he's retired? So <clears throat> based on Brady's last contract, the Bucs still have to account for $35,104,000 of the cash they've actually paid to him um, that they have not accounted for through 2022. Currently, if nothing else happens, they will be responsible for all of that on the 2023 salary cap. Now, there is a way where they can spread that over two years. The most likely course of action that they will take is to work with Brady to sign him to what's called a placeholder contract. It's basically league minimum um, for Brady's service time. That's $1,165,000 unguaranteed that they would basically hold in place from the start of the league year, uh, March 15th through June 1st. So that $1,165,000 combined with the $10,776,000 prorated cap charge that's supposed to be for 2023 would combine for just over $11.9 million, which would be their working cap charge for Brady through the off season until June 1st. Then on June 2nd, they can process his retirement. The unguaranteed placeholder contract falls off and they would only be responsible for accounting for ten million seven hundred seventy-six thousand here in two thousand twenty-three, with the remainder of that thirty-five point one zero four million, which comes out to just uh, I think just under twenty-four million, would go into two thousand twenty-four. The Bucks would want to do this for two reasons. Number one, um, they are up against it for two thousand twenty-three in terms of right. the cap. They're going to have to make several maneuvers in order to just become cap compliant let alone create the space for new players coming in for the new year. And this would very much help them do that um, because, as we all know, uh, $10.8 million is a lot less than 
the other thing is by pushing that 23, 24 million into 2024, you're pushing it into a year that A, will most likely have a much higher salary cap given the way that the salary cap continues to go up. This year it went um, from just under 208 million to 225. Next year you could reasonably see it at 240, 245, maybe even 250 million. Um, so that 24 million becomes a smaller percentage of the overall cap. The other thing is the Bucks are in much better cap situation for 2024 based on their current commitments. And so they can much more easily absorb that. That's the most likely thing to happen. I know a lot of fans are going to ask, well, why would Brady want to do that? He's got a great rela working relationship with. And yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say is part of the reason that he came back last year. And part of the reason why he was contemplating returning this year is the fact that he has, uh, as you said, a great relationship, an awesome relationship with general manager Jason Light, obviously, and the Glazer family as well. The Glazers have been very accommodating with Tom Brady, whether it was for 10 days for training camp, whether it was bringing in certain free agents that he wants to bring in. So I could totally see Tom accommodating the Bucks now with helping them out with their salary cap situation. So to pretty much summarize everything that you just said, Brady's still going to get his money, but it's going to be spread out a little bit more. He's already been paid it. Yeah. Really what it comes down to is the Bucks have to account for money they have already given him, mm -hmm. um, kind of like a credit card. They've already spent it but now they have to account for it. And so they have two ways that they can do it, either all in one lump sum here in 2023, which does not work well for them, um, or they can spread it into two payments with um, relatively about a third of it coming off this year, the other two thirds coming next year, which is much more palatable for the team. Josh Capo, the best in the business when it comes to the finances of the NFL. That's going to do it for us. We know a lot of people wanted to hear our opinion on Tom Brady's retirement and specifically the salary cap situation. But stay tuned. We're going to have a later episode tonight to recap day two of the Senior Bowl. But for now, 7 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Mobile, Alabama. But until then, for the entire Pewter Report squad, we're saying out.